Hey, this is James from Modern Day Debate, and you are listening to The Canadian Atheist. How can it be argued, I've got a minute I think now, how can it be argued that something that's on a knife edge for life, a knife edge for life, could go either way, that keeping us on the knife edge proves there must be a designer at work? Why would a designer keep us on a knife edge where at any moment our planet might tip to be where the other planets he made were, dead, lifeless, where nothing happens? The knife edge proves a designer? It proves nothing of the kind. And if it wasn't life, it would be death that they'd use for their argument from design. Professor Francis Collins, the man who helped us sequence the Human Genome Project, says that he went for a hike one day in the wilderness. We've all been impressed by nature in our day, as we have by music and by sex and by love and by many other things, to feel that there's a transcendent. But Professor Collins goes and he sees a frozen glacier with the three streams of river frozen in a trinity. Nothing can live up there. It's a lifeless thing. And it happens to be a metaphor for Christianity. He falls to his knees and accepts Jesus as he sees this. And he expects us to think that that's an argument and that that's evidence. Well, as I say, scientists or people who claim to be interested in science can believe weird and foolish things. Just be aware that that's the deal you're being offered today. Thanks. Welcome to The Canadian Atheist, a podcast about news, current events, and commentary on all things atheism from a Canadian perspective. Now, if this podcast carries the explicit tag, and wears it like a motherfucking badge of honor? So, if you get offended, you might want to switch off. The CA records each week live from Apostasy Studios. Why not join in the discussion? Find us on Facebook, email us at thecaa at rogers.com, or follow us on the old Twitter machine at the underscore CA underscore podcast. If we're amused or tweaked by your stuff, we just might even use it on the show. And now, here are Michael and Dean. All right, here we go. Welcome to CA. Today is, what the hell's today? Today is Thursday, February 27th, 2020. I am Michael. I am Dean. And I am Shannon. We got a full fucking panel tonight. <laughs> this is the first, this, so this will be a first, right? We've never had, we've never. I'm sure you were going there. I'm surprised For, you did Well, foursome. Well, For, yes. some because we have a guest tonight. That's right. Um, so uh, this, uh, this encounter came by way of Twitter, uh, essentially. Um, so if, if anyone who listens to the podcast is familiar with the back and forth that uh, Dean and I have had with a gentleman named Ed. And uh, our guest tonight kind of reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I've, I've heard you guys talking about this kind of stuff. And I can get him to clarify if I'm thoroughly uh, messing up the story. But, uh, and so we say, let's, let's have a talk. And so tonight, tonight we're going to be discussing the totally, like completely non-controversial issue of abortion, uh, which would, which should raise no eyebrows whatsoever. Um, but, uh, curious. Because we're never controversial on this, on this Never, channel. never, ever, ever, never. No, the government hasn't knocked on the door recently. Um, okay. But, uh, so, uh, joining us, uh, tonight from, uh, North Carolina, and uh, I, won't, I won't give his, his full name unless, if he, if he wants to do that, that's fine. Um, but uh, I'm just going to say, Clay, welcome to the Canadian Atheist. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, so um, uh, give us a little, uh, give us a little backstory. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit uh, about you so our listeners can, uh, can have an idea. Sure. Um, I'm, a, I'm a regular working Joe. Um, I'm a member of a Reformed Presbyterian Church um, here in the Charlotte area. Um, no background in 
you know, any kind of educational theology, anything like that. Like I said, just a, a regular Joe Schmo. Um, the only reason I care about this issue, I, I was once uh, very much pro-choice, did not care one way or the other, figured it wasn't my business. Um, and that was until I got saved. So my salvation is what led me to the pro-life side. I know Shannon does not like the term pro-life. I think she called it a BS terminology. For So for this conversation, if you guys just want to call me an abolitionist, I'm fine with that. Uh, okay. So, okay. So when you say, um, and I guess if you can go into a little bit more, just because, I mean, saying that you're a Christian is like saying you drive a car. Sure. Well, so, that's why I said a reformed Presbyterian. I know you guys have talked to Ed some and some other Christians. So I'm of the reformed stripe, um, such as, you know, a, a Calvinist is how you can define me. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought Ed was, I thought it was Baptist. I could be mistaken. Uh, well, there, there is a reformed Baptist group. Um, which I kind of lean in the middle, in all honesty, on uh, Fredo versus Pedo baptism. I don't know if that's over you guys have said or not, but... Um, well, who's right, uh, him or you? <laughs> well, uh, it depends on the day, right? Uh, oh, okay. we're, on the, we're on the same side on the uh, on the gospel, and that's what matters. Oh, I see. Okay. So, all right. So, I think, it is it fair to say that you reached out to, to us? Yeah, I don't know if you remember, Michael. I think, are you the one that does most of the Twitter stuff? Uh, yes, you, I'm all of the Twitter stuff all the time. Every waking <laughs> that moment. sounds like my wife back there. I'm, um, I'm the tech guy and yeah, I don't I, even touch I, Twitter. I don't know if you, if you remember, but you and I had, you know, I don't know if you call it a written debate or a written discussion. Actually, a year ago, it was, I looked it back up. It was February of 2019. You and I traded um, several lengthy posts. You know, we, we were screenshotting posts. It wasn't just a hundred and whatever um, yeah, I, I much I much prefer that. I I um, basically my stance is fuck you, Twitter. You're not going to tell me how much I can say all at one time. Yeah, I agree. So you and I went back um, for several, probably a, at least a week, uh, with several long written responses between the two of us, um, and that's kind of how I met. Well, actually, I think I first heard of you guys through Ed. I listened to those podcasts um, just because he's a buddy of mine. The one y'all did with him, and then the one you did with Dustin and Ed. Yeah. I've listened to a handful of your other podcasts, like I mentioned earlier, um, the episode eighty four, uh, where you and Shannon discussed um, the abortion issue. And after listening to that, I was like, well, you know what? Um, I think it could be an interesting conversation. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. So. Um, uh, okay. So let's see. Uh, why don't you tell us your your views? Sure. Uh, I mean, we can do this a couple different ways. I jotted down some notes, and I know you said, um, you know, your opinions can change. Um, Sometimes, yeah. So we, yeah, we could look at this a couple of different ways. The, the first, the first thing that I really heard, and it was pretty early in the podcast, was that this was a woman's issue, and that men have no say in it. Um, I, I have a couple of different quotes from opposite ends of the spectrum. One from Matt Delahunty. And one from Ben Shapiro. So if you don't mind, I'll read them both to you. Sure, help yourself. This is this is on is this a woman's issue? I'll give you Delahunty first. He said, and this is this is loosely quoted, but the context is still there. Um, he said this this argument pisses me off because it it does affect men. I have a mom, I have a wife, possibly could have daughters. What what other moral decisions are made by a specific gender? And then this is what Shapiro had to say. What does my identity have to do with what is right and wrong? You and I can have a conversation about what is right and wrong because that is the nature of human reason. If we retreat into our identity, our morality is now centered around that identity, and morality ceases to exist as the Western world has noted. And then a couple other points behind that. Um, five, I don't, you know, I don't know 
uh, Canadian law, but it was five old white guys sitting on the Supreme Court that canonized Roe into law. Five old white guys. Mm. So, I mean, do we pick and choose when we think men can have a say on this issue or kind of what's your thoughts on that? Well, that's, uh, well you, you said a lot there. Um, and I want to give since, okay, so, okay. So the first thing you said is, uh, that, that quote from, from me. And uh, so I think what we should do maybe is, is the, is the three of us should give our stance like on this, on the specific, you know, like, like where we stand and why kind of like, you know, sure. like you know, what we believe in why. So I think we should talk about, uh, where we stand and, and why. Um, so, uh, I'm in control, so I'll start, uh, I'll start first. So, uh, I'll say that I am pro-life. Uh, and what I mean by that is I think life is precious and I think that life should be defended. The caveat that I add to that is that I think it's important that we're speaking about autonomous life. And I think that's where one of the differences comes in. And I do think that, um, men do have, uh, I don't want to say skin in the game, but I think men do have some areas of concern and involvement to a degree when it comes to the issue of abortion. However, I do believe firmly that the last and final decision is between the woman and her medical care professional. Dean? Yeah, basically, I was just going to say that um, men do have um, some input um, to be uh, uh, discussed on the on the on the uh, on the situation, but again, ultimately, it's the woman's body and the and 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 her choice, um, because when it comes to uh, growing and birthing a child, that's entirely her. So, okay, and here's my my two cents worth. So when we break it down to the lowest common denominator. 100% of pregnancies are caused by men slash sperm and 100% of pregnancies are carried by women. So I, the last thing I would say was that men have no, no rule in this, no right, no part of the conversation. But at the end of the day, it is not their body in question. And it is, in my mind, the final decision rests with the woman who is acting as the host in this case. Okay, you, you would agree, though, that 100% of pregnancies are caused by both men and women, right? Well, yes. <laughs> okay, I, I mean, but you, you kind of, you've kind of phrased it in a way that was a little misleading, in my opinion. Well, 100% of pregnancies are caused by men, and 100% of pregnancies are carried by women. I don't think there's any gray area in that whatsoever. I, I think what he's asking is, can you explain what you mean when you say caused by men? Well, if there was no sperm, women would not get pregnant. That's just biology. So, I mean, I, I laugh at this whole thing. You know, if, I mean, men can have sex multiple times a day if they want to. Men can go out and impregnate women multiple times a day if they felt up to it. You know, a little Gatorade, a little rest and relaxation, <laughs> but they have the capacity to do that. A woman, if she's even lucky and able to get pregnant, can carry up to one child per year. So, you know, this whole issue of unwanted pregnancies and everything, it's not, that is definitely not a women's issue. Okay, well, I mean, if you... 
that go out and impregnate a bunch of women are scumbags. Absolutely, I think that's the case. But it also takes two to tango. So unless we're talking about rape, which would be less than 1% of abortion, it is an act perpetrated by two people, willingly. Mm. It, okay. It, it might and be so, semantics. Thing, so what? Like, uh, I totally agree with you. And what, what difference does that make to any of the bottom line of the woman being able to decide whether or not she needs to host something in her body for nine to ten months of time and then potentially birth it? And okay. then have to live with it forever. But but again, you get pregnant by your own actions, right? I mean, we agree with that. It's your own actions that lead to a pregnancy. And we all know so that what? if you have sex with someone, there is a chance you can become pregnant. So I guess my question would be, why is it right to kill an innocent human life because of a bad decision you made? Because why should that child have to pay for the rest of its life for a decision that one or the other of you regret when it's over? Well, if you abort it, it's definitely pain with its own life because it never will see life past whatever point the abortion takes. You're right. And it will never feel the pain of being unwanted. It will never feel abandoned. It will never experience poverty or any of those things. And again, I'm not saying that these things happen in unwanted pregnancies. There are plenty of women that make a whole host of choices. They decide to give the baby up for adoption. They decide to keep it and raise it on their own. They decide in very rare cases to keep the, to have the baby and give it to the father, you know, getting rid of their own maternal rights. It's rare, but it happens. All of these things are possible. And again, so what? I find well, it's, it, it, for me, the biggest crux of this entire argument is that people aren't pro-life, you're pro-birth. So what yeah. happens when that child is born and its yeah, family I, didn't, didn't want it? Okay. Yeah. I, I heard you mention that before in the, in the other podcast, so we can touch on that. But, but first I'll say as someone who's lived in a trailer in rural Alabama with no heat and water when I can afford the bill, poverty was still better than death. But did your parents love you? Did your parents yes, want you? Parents did they me, care but this for was, you? This, this, was in, this was when I was in my twenties taking care of myself. Okay. And okay. I, I don't even know. And now, hey, and let me add to that. Now, I have a successful career. I'm married and I have three children. So was struggling through poverty um, tough? Yeah, it was tough in my 20s. I was broke, had no money, um, went back to school, got my education, and now I have a family of three kids. So yes, was it a struggle at times? Absolutely. But I wouldn't have wanted somebody else to look at my, my life and say, well, he's got a terrible life. He doesn't deserve to live. I, I think that only the yourself has the right to make that decision. Why does somebody else have the Because the right no one's no one's asking you to make that no one's making that decision for you at twenty years of age. So what defines human life and at what point? I mean, would you agree that human life happens at conception? I do as not. Science? I categorically okay, so disagree with I the science. We, yeah. I think we have to I think we have to pull it back because I think we're we're almost jumping too far ahead at this point. I think we have to sure. take it I think we have to take it back a little bit because I think what the the question that Clay asked was just was an important one. You know, like when are when are we talking about, you know, this life? And it's funny because I've had a so I'm talking now to my wife. I had a conversation with your dad just recently. Because we were talking about this whole thing. And I, you know, and I said, you could even make the argument that the sperm and the egg are living. You, you could make that argument. Uh, Christopher Hitchens jokes about that. He says, he says so that makes, you know, you know uh, hand jobs genocide. And don't get me started on blowjobs. Um, and so, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, you know tongue in cheek. But, you, you know, you get the, you get the idea. So um, 
Clay, is it your possession? Is it your possession? <laughs> is it your position that life, quote unquote, begins at conception? I, I mean, I just agree with the science on this that a new human being comes into existence at the fusion of the egg and the sperm. Okay. So it's not either or. That new life comes into existence at the fusion. But so, it's the potential of human life. Yeah, one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage. So a quarter of all human life, as you put it, ends in a death of that life naturally. Okay, well, let me ask you this. When do you, when, what's your opinion? Because I'm just quoting from Princeton.edu. So when, what is your opinion when a new human life comes into existence? Post-birth, and the child is breathing. Yeah. So it's it's not a human life until it's fully out of the woman. Yeah. Until it's living on its own outside of the human body, yes. But up until then, it is the potential to become a fully functioning and formed and existing human life. But until then, that entity, whatever you want to call it, you can call it a child, I can call it a blastocyst and a zygote and an embryo and all of those other things until it becomes a fetus, until it becomes a fully formed newborn, you can call it whatever you want, but until it has gone through the necessary stages of development in utero, attached physically to its mother, living in an environment created by the biology of its mother, it cannot survive. Okay, well, I think there's two different opinions here. Maybe I'm wrong, but I want to know which one to address. Uh, Michael, I think you've told me in the past that you would be against abortion once um, that child can survive outside of the womb. Is that is that correct? Yeah, and that's my stance on, on autonomous life. So, for example, up until, and <clears throat> I've been railed <laughs> uh, for what I'm about to say, but uh, basically fetuses are parasites. Um, they, and, and I, and I mean that somewhat tongue in cheek, but if you look at, but if you look at, if you look at what it is, you know, it, it is an organism that is absolutely dependent upon its host in order to live. Right. So up until I think it's 26 weeks, um, you know, and, and it depends because as, as medicine gets better, we're able to, you know, we're able to do. Uh, even more amazing things with births that happened prior to that. But it's somewhere in the mid-20s right now, uh, mid-20 weeks, that when a, uh, you know, like some type of, you know, like premature labor or something happens or that becomes a grave risk to either the fetus or uh, or the mother where the baby, ha- where the baby has to be delivered, um, that it is viable outside of the womb. I think that because my stance is that is that life is is precious. I don't think that it should be something that's done willy nilly. Um, you know, having this, uh, you know, having an abortion at uh, thirty five weeks, which no doctor would do anyway. Um, you know, or and nobody's certain talking about you know post birth abortions. You know, there's there's nothing like where the baby's born and then they have somebody there with a hatchet and a bucket like that. They're just, talking about it here in the states right now, man. Uh, it's in yeah. Fact, the, the, there was a bill that was just voted down on that exact issue. Yeah, I mean, and and I and I would stand in line with you against something like that because yeah, because a, because a post birth right? abortion is murder yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't happen yeah, yeah. and so right. you know but but i but i think that i think that and that's why i'm very careful about the wording that i use we're talking about autonomous life okay okay and that's why yeah. i'm that's why i'm very careful about that what do you uh, but okay be, you're a christian 
What does the Bible let, say? Let me, let me answer one thing sure, real quick because it's important. Yeah. You, you mentioned parasite. By definition, a baby in the womb is not a parasite. The definition of a parasite is an organism that lives in or on an organism of another species. We are not talking about a parasite. We're not talking about another species. And, and, that's why, and that's why I said it. That's why I said it tongue in cheek. You know, like I'm, I'm not well, calling, I'm not calling fetuses parasites. I'm saying okay. that, you know, I'm saying that they act, you know, like, yes, they're the same species, but it, when you look at how, like when the, when the fetus is in, in, implanted, uh, in the womb, in the womb and starts to develop and all that other stuff, it takes from the host, like it, it doesn't order in for pizza. It takes from the host in, for nourishment and to growth, just like a parasite would. So I'm not calling fetuses parasites. I'm saying it. I'm saying it tongue in cheek. Right, but but because by definition, it's not a parasite. Yeah, that that's fine, and and and, and that's that's what I mean when I say like a parasite, not not a parasite. Um, I, I just want to make sure that was clear for the audience because yeah. I hear that argument all the time. So yeah. And yet, the central crux of the argument still holds true. If you take out of a different species, every single thing he said is still yeah. absolutely valid. Babies cannot survive outside of, uh, to a, a certain point and with certain distinctions, uh, they cannot grow outside of the host that is their mother. Yeah. Period. Okay, so there's there's two different arguments here. Michael, you would say at the time that it can be conceived um, without the life of the mother. So in the States, the youngest case I've seen is 21 weeks and some change, and it was actually by a famous basketball player named J.R. Smith. His baby survived and is still alive, and it was 21 weeks and some change. Yeah, so is that, yeah. would that be your marker? No, I would say whatever is whatever is doable. Like I mean, and and because like there may be there, I, I am unfamiliar with this case. There may have been extenuating circumstances. There might well, have he's been. Rich. Well, and I also <laughs> doubt that if that if uh, if that baby had to be born at twenty one weeks in say the rural areas of Africa or India, that that child would still be alive. Yeah. So so let me get this straight though. So a rich person that can afford the best medical care. That child was a child at 21 weeks, but let's say someone that has a child that doesn't make it at 26 weeks in, you know, rural Alabama, that wasn't a child, but his was a child at 21 weeks. I'm just, the consistency here is what I'm trying to get at. No, that's a, like the terminology is moot for me. That's not even part of the the equation. I don't understand why you're actually, what you're trying to drive at by making us say that it's a child, not a child. Yeah. As soon as it's anything has been born and has left the womb, sure, it's a child. As far as if you're talking about abortion past 21 weeks, if you're trying to make this magical distinction that any time of abortion after 21 weeks is killing a child, I'm not here for that. Yeah, I, I was just trying to understand Michael's point is all. No, no, my point is, and because what you you did there, and I I don't think you did it on purpose. That that's it's a it, it, you're it's a straw man. Um, it that's that's I not was the, asking a question, that's, Michael. Yeah, that's but it's it's, it's not the question. argument. It's not the argument that I'm making. What I'm saying is when when a fetus, you know, like is you know has the capacity to live outside of the womb, and yeah, you know what, that does depend a lot on uh, geography. Yep. Uh, it depends a lot on geography. Uh, just uh, just in in the United States depends less on geography in Canada because we have universal health care but that's another story um, but it, it it depends on geography in, in lots of different in lots of different places what Dean said is true if that child is born in sub-saharan Africa at 21 weeks uh, it's probably no it's it's probably not going to make it and that has nothing to do with the distinction of whether or not it's a baby when when it is I mean even the Bible says in Psalm I think it's 130. You know, breathed into its nostril the breath of life and became a living soul. Um, it's still a baby at that point, but 
It doesn't have the it, it might have the capacity to survive in some instances. It may not have the capacity to survive in other instances. That doesn't make it more or less of a baby at that point. So you're saying, uh, I, and, and I'm not trying to straw man you, I'm asking the question so I understand. You're saying that the first breath is what equates you to be a human life? I, I'm not trying to straw man you, just trying to understand. Yeah, like the, I, th- I think that that's fair. Would you guys agree with that? that I would say that's the what the first, Bible says. Well, and the first breath the is, a, is a living, uh, autonomous being. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and okay. I think, and it's, it's really important that we keep on like uh, stating that point that we're talking about autonomous life when when the life is no longer dependent <clears throat> on basically having the permission of the host in order to sustain its life. But then the, you okay just just to throw some more spaghetti on the pile here is that in this particular case of the twenty one week old. It is now dependent on me- modern medical technology. Yeah. To survive. Yeah. So if the doctors just stopped, it would also stop. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Okay. But but so now the, but but now there's but now there's a now we've got the Hippocratic Oath, we've got all the other things. You know, we have the you know, the uh, the medical establishment which basically looks you know, looks at at a living autonomous being and says we need to do everything we can to, to protect this life. Yeah. Now that it's breathing and stuff. Um, so, so is it breath and autonomy or is it either, or I'm, I just want to make sure I'm understanding your position with breath come becomes autonomy. Uh, well, here's the thing about that. I don't have any, do any of y'all have, well, I know you guys don't, uh, is it scholar? Is that the other other name? No, Dean. Dean, I'm sorry. You go by scholar fiction, right? Nope. No, that's a whole other show. Have any of y'all ever been in a delivery room when a baby is born? Yes, both yep. times. Yeah, when my okay. when my daughter was born, yes. Okay, so you know there are several seconds when that baby is completely out of the womb that hasn't and it hasn't taken a breath yet. Yeah. You sure. certainly wouldn't say that it would be okay to kill that baby before it takes its first breath. Of course not. Okay. All right. So that's kind of my whole point. That's a terrible argument when you're talking about breath. And that's actually you're you're trying to reference it back to the Bible. That's a terrible argument as well, because that was talking about a fully formed man in Adam. God breathed the breath of life into Adam. That was not a baby coming out of the womb. No, you're right. But that's uh, when the Bible says it became a living soul. No, no, no. What you're doing is called eisegesis. And you know, that's not right. It, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going by the text, but, it, but anyway, you're eisegeting the text is what you're doing. Okay, cool. So, so what? Yeah. <laughs> so what? Like, okay. So anyway, it's just a line in the Bible. Let's go on. Yeah. Are, are you, okay. So what is, what is your, what, what is your stance on, on the act of, on on the act of abortion. Yeah, I mean the only consistent point, and I feel like I have science on my side here. I, I don't know what a potential life even means, especially when you're talking about something at eight and ten and twelve weeks old. I mean, potential life feels to me like um, being autonomous. You guys are familiar with Peter Singer, right? Uh, yeah, the name rings a bell, but I can't place it right now. Uh, the Australian philosopher. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It, yeah. His his point is a newborn isn't self conscious or autonomous or hold any rationality. He thinks you can kill a fetus because of those reasons. I know you guys wouldn't think that, right. but if you're going to use the word autonomous, uh, I, I mean, my six month old child, he's a year now, but at six months, I mean, how self conscious and autonomous he was, much less at one day. Well, we're talking about philosophy versus biology versus religion. Yeah, I think they all are inter- intertwined, though. I don't know why we would divide them up. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at this 
from the science side and saying, well, I, I mean, you, you guys know there are pro-life atheist groups, right? Everybody's pro-life. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 I stated. <laughs> yeah. Again. Yeah, I stated I'm, I'm just saying, but they, they obviously don't argue from the Bible. They argue from science. And and that's and that's and fine. You can have a, the, this the, the marvel of opinions. They're like assholes. Everybody has one, and you can and you can have different opinions. If I was standing in front of of Peter Singer and he said that, I'd look at him. I say, "You're a you're a fucking monster." If you want to yeah, hack up a newborn child, like I, would I, agree. I you know, I, but there's a difference. And and I and so I think what I what we're what we're min, what we're mincing here a little bit is is the word autonomy. And what and what we mean, I think, and chime in if I'm speak if I'm speaking incorrectly for you, is the ability to sustain its own life outside. And and please don't go with the well, my baby's you know my kid's six months old or my kid's six years old and depends on me for everything else because you know that's not the argument I'm making. I'm talking yeah, about it's now. it's ability you know it's ability for its lungs to work and for its you know it's all of its its biological functions to operate and they wrap it up like a sausage and put it in your hand and force you to take home take it home and take care of it. That's the <laughs> autonomy I'm talking about. Okay. So I just did a, a quick Google of the word autonomous. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I guess are we, well, I mean, you, you can, you can, you can give the Google definition, but I'm not using Google. I'm using autonomy as, as quote unquote, we are defining it. If you want to throw it another definition, we may or may not agree with it, but I've already yeah. given you our definition on autonomy. Sure. And that's, I, I, don't, I don't want to talk past each other by us using different definitions for words, I guess is more what I'm saying. Um, I feel like we're kind of two ships passing in the night right now because we're we're using words with different definitions. Okay. So, but you still had, in fairness, you still didn't say what your stance on on abortion was, on the uh, act of abortion. Yeah, I, I think abortion in any case is wrong. In any case. In any case. In any. What about ectopic pregnancy? Where the, where, where the, the 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 life of the mother and the child will end yep. if it's not terminated. All right, so let, let me make this clear first. Um, you're not calling for only abortions for ectotopic pregnancies. No, but correct? you said any reason. Now sure, is our sure, chance, no. No, no, now is our chance to ask you to clarify your position, Mr. Clay. <laughs> You've asked yeah, us I, to clarify our position every single time on every single point. Now it's our turn. Turnabout is fair play. I, I agree. I just wanted to point out for the audience, though, that's not where you stand. So. Really, it's intellectually dishonest to make this argument because it's not the argument you make, but I'll be happy to answer it. But, and yet you keep making these autonomy and all these. You're trying to get caught up in semantics around definitions of things you don't believe in, so we're playing the same game, friend. I, I've just been reading definitions <coughs> off of Webster's. So, but, anyway. So, so um, would, you, would you support an abortion if it, was, if it was to terminate an ectopic pregnancy? Something that, something that, if allowed to go to term, would would result in an unviable birth and a dead mother. See, here's the, here's the problem with that. Come on. In you, 100% of the cases. Yeah, it is, it is a non-starter. It is a non-starter. It is guaranteed death for fetus and mother. That's not what we have with ectotopic pregnancies, though. First You're making up are, a scenario that doesn't exist. It's what? called ectopic and not ectotopic, so let's not create new words. Mm if we're going to talk about words, and that is entirely scenarios that exist all the time. It's what you're saying. It's never been wrong on this. And not in the uterine wall. Uh, you, so you're saying there's never been a baby that has been born from this. That's It's absolutely. never happened. 
It's a it's a hundred percent death sentence every single time. If the baby implants in a fallopian tube as opposed to the uterine lining, are you now going to tell me there's some miracle child out there that was conceived and raised in a fallopian tube? I, I would uh, point you to Dr. Patrick Johnson that has a lengthy article on this issue. And the way she sums it up is there are mistakes with this all the time where they think a pregnancy is not going to come to term whatever the circumstance might be, and there are babies that have lived from this. Then they were not ectopic pregnancies. Like, this is black and white. Yeah. None of the rest of what we're talking about today is black and white. This is black and white. Yeah, and, and all I would all I would ask is that if you could, uh, after this is done, just, just email, uh, uh, like, some kind of citation where we can look this up. So, in fact, I think I already have in the old... Twitter post, but I'll be happy to resend it. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm a I'm a horrible human being. I don't remember our past conversation at all. No, no, that's fine. I wouldn't expect you to. Yeah. Uh, but um, I mean, this is something that came up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I am. I am unbelievably skeptical of that. Uh, okay. What about? How about uh, rape? No, no. Go back a second. Hang on one second. So okay. Let's say, go back to Dean's example, an ectopic pregnancy, the baby implant, the fetus, the embryo, because that's what it is at that point, implants in the fallopian tube and starts to grow. What's your stance on abortion? Listen, all I'm telling you is from what I've seen, doctors are not always 100% right Clay, on Clay, answer my question. How do you feel about abortion if a baby is implanted in the fallopian tube? answered your question you just didn't like to like the answer you didn't answer the question you said it doesn't happen which is bs i, I said doctors it. are wrong all the time and you're asking me to kill my child on the and if there's a chance that doctor might be wrong i'm taking that chance every single time and you're gonna have Sunday. your wife and your child die at the same time in for courage of your convictions Who listen does you that don't serve? know my wife what, what <laughs> god does that serve my, my let it be, let it be there's said, no way i could convince to god my first wife on this episode. sorry i missed that there's no way I could convince my wife to have an abortion. You obviously don't know my wife. Well, no, okay, but okay. Not, I, and that's that's not it. I would never in a million years want to put any, cast any dispersions in any way, shape, or form on your wife. I don't know her. I'm sure she's a lovely woman, and I hope she's healthy and happy, and you have all the kids you want to have without question, okay? So let's just make sure that that's very clear. At the same time, you still haven't answered the question if it is 100% guaranteed, if there's medical imaging and everything, that this is exactly where that embryo is. You still nothing say is, absolutely no abortion. Nothing is 100%. Then I think you're the murderer. That's what I'm telling That's I what I'm telling you. Doctors are wrong all the time. Okay, doctors but, are wrong all the time. But if you allow this pregnancy to continue, both child and mother will die. And I'm not talking about your wife. I'm not talking about anybody's personal wife. And you, if you work it into law that there are zero abortions, hundreds, possibly, of mothers and children will die in this way. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Okay. But okay. Hang on a second. So let's take it a step further because because Shannon, I think you had a I think you had a good point, and and I want to press this just one more time. So let's let's just say in this in in this hypothetical scenario that there has been advanced imaging done and there is medical consensus from a uh, you know from several doctors including what uh, an obstetrician that comes to you and that, that comes to you and says this pregnancy is, like this this embryo is attached 
or has implanted in the fallopian tube. This pregnancy is no longer viable. Would you support the abortion of a fetus in an ectopic pregnancy? When you say no longer viable, are you saying this embryo is dead? No, no. It, at that point, it's, it's continuing to yeah, grow. It's continuing to grow. Okay. However, however, we 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 know, and I'm just going to have to wait for for your citation on this. Uh, I am incredibly skeptical um, that that the the continuation of this pregnancy will will result, and this is and this is not me because I'm not a doctor, but I'm talking about in this hypothetical scenario where the doctors and the obstetricians, the medical staff, they, they're able to provide you with the imaging to, to show you. So there is no, <clears throat> quote unquote, doctors are wrong all the time. They've now conf confirmed with advanced medical imaging, and we've, we've got pretty decent medical imaging now, that, that this is an embryo that is implanted in the fallopian tube, which will, res which will result in a, 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 you know, a fetus growing that, that will not be viable and will kill the mother. Would you support an abortion in this instance? I'm not for killing a child. I mean, in end of the story, not gonna do it. Is it's it going it, to die anyway? I mean, you can create, the you can create a scenario any way you want. And again, at the end of the day, you can't, I mean, in your scenario you create, yeah, you can share, you can say 100% sure, but that's not real life. That's the scenario you're life. creating. At this point, you're not killing a baby. You're killing the mother. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, I don't think we're going to get any further. I don't think we're going to get any Go further ahead. on this instance. Go ahead. Um, so, okay, how about, uh, how about rape? Would you say rape is a violent act? Um, yeah, absolutely. Are you going to say so is yeah. murder? Because if you're I coming with that, I'm not here for that either. <laughs> Can I, I finish the sentence? Yes, yeah, please. absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I, I would say... And I don't know where you guys stand on this, but I would say a rapist that is convicted in a court of law should be castrated or killed. I don't know where you guys stand on that, I'm, but that's... I'm against both of those. Yeah. I'm, because I'm, I believe in bodily autonomy. And yeah. that cannot include court-ordered castration or government-ordered execution. Yeah. Do you, I, I, yeah, certain, yeah, do you I, think there's certain crimes you can commit that would deem your life unworthy to live? Nope. I'm yeah. sorry, so you, I do not believe in capital punishment. Yeah, neither do I. Do yeah. you? I'm curious. Do you believe in yes, capital punishment? Yes, I absolutely believe in capital punishment. So, absolutely. So how are you pro-life? How can you be pro-life? Well, Clay, very, you're killing me. You're killing me Very here. simple. Very simple. I can be pro-life because an innocent child in the womb hasn't murdered anyone or raped anyone. It's a can be pro-life and, and pro-capital punishment. Okay. So, okay. So to, to go back to your question, yes... Rape is a rape, rape is, I think rape. I don't think you can violate a person any more than that. Like I mean, outside of killing them, right? I agree. Yeah, 100%. I don't. I don't think you can violate a person more than than sexually forcing yourself upon that person. I think it is. Um, I, I yeah, so absolutely violent. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a good. There's a good meme online. And it's, it's a picture of two ultrasounds. It says, which child was conceived in rape and which one of these children deserved a death penalty for a crime they didn't commit? So what? Again, yeah. so what? 
Like, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, but... In, it, innocent life in the womb does not deserve to be killed, regardless of what the father did. <clears throat> you, you wouldn't kill a one-day-old child if you found out their father was a rapist. So here's oh, my whole thing. At the end of the day, and this is where you and I are going to vary very significantly, and we will never see eye to eye. We are two individuals, two human beings, traveling parallel tracks that will never, ever, ever meet. Because... At the end of the day, as much as I am pro-life in every way I can possibly be pro-life, my pro-life stance is always trumped by my pro-choice stance. Because at the end of the day, it is the choice of the woman and the woman alone in the room with her doctor with everything that she takes into it, absolutely. But it is her choice to decide what happens to her body. And I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. Sometimes if that means a non-viable embryo is the casualty, and I will use that word in, mm -hmm. on purpose, yep. is the casualty of that decision, the woman's right to choose her own bodily autonomy trumps that embryo. Yep, absolutely. Firmly agreed. And there is no way the government should be able to tell that woman what she can and cannot do in any circumstance. Yeah, and I know, I know this completely contracts every single thing you believe and hold dear, and that's okay, as long as you believe that. If you like, as Michael says all the time, don't like abortions, don't want, don't have one. Yep. But don't think that your right or your thoughts and the way you believe and the fact that you were saved and has changed your perspective means that you have the right to tell other people what to do with their body. Period. So, End of sentence. So if I was going to say don't like slavery, don't own slaves, how do you feel about that? I think we should. I think we should, I think we should avoid slavery because of Exodus twenty-one and Leviticus twenty-five and Deuteronomy fifteen. Dude, sure, brother, don't go your, there. You, using your line of argumentation, let's choose whatever. Don't like theft, don't be a thief. Don't like murder, don't murder. I mean, I don't think that's a good line of of reasoning to say. Well, if you don't like abortion, don't have one. Why? Why, Why not? not? Because of what I just stated. Who are you protecting, and for what purpose? Who are you protecting? An innocent child in the womb. That's not a, It's not a child. And why do you... Uh, this is going to okay. sound really callous. How about callous, this? An innocent human life in the womb. You like that better? This innocent is going to sound... No, I don't like that either. Here's really callous, but I'm going to ask the question anyway because I'm curious. Why do you care and what are you going to do for these children? What are you physically, you, Clay, in North Carolina, what are you going to do for these children who are born to mothers who do not want them? Tell me that. <laughs> That's a great question and a very fair question to ask. Um, I've given my time and money. I donated about 12% of my income last year um, to churches and different charities, including those that help mothers um, that choose life for their children. And I'll also add, I'm, I'm very much a libertarian. I know you guys are more big government guys. I'm a staunch libertarian, but I would be all in favor for the government helping um, young women, middle-aged, whatever women that choose life for their child to help them get on their feet, housing, clothing for the child, food for the child, for them as well. I am all for the government stepping in and helping them. Amazing. We are not, we're all on the same side with that then. Yeah. If they want the child, if they need help to get there, 100% behind you. Would, you. would you approve higher tax rates to assist in that, in funding those programs? Well, if it took higher tax rates, sure, if that's what it took. But I mean, I think that should be more handled on a state level and a county level. Yeah, and, and that's well, yeah, and and that's just, that's just a that's just a difference in the way our countries operate. Um, that, I mean, because we don't like I I've always been perplexed um, because like in in Canada a federal law, a federal law is coast to coast regardless, 
And there's no province can say we don't like that province rights um, because it just doesn't happen here. And I, I've always found it. Well, but I mean, you're not really a democracy or democratic republic, so it makes more sense right. under, the, under that definition. But it's just weird to me that, you know, that one thing is, you know, is legal on one side of the street. But if you cross the street, yeah. it becomes illegal on the other side of the street. It's just but, weird. Well, to echo well here's, to de- here's an interesting one. And I don't, I don't want to chase rabbits because I do want to stay on abortion. But yeah. depending on this, uh, you know, obviously in North Carolina, the gun laws are gun laws are pretty lax. But there, there was a case of a um, a woman who drove from one state to another and was arrested and thrown in jail because she had a, a weapon on her that she legally owned in one state. She crossed in, I think it was New Jersey, and was pulled over and they arrested her and threw her in jail for several years. Interesting. Yeah, I, that's weird. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Okay, so back to okay, we've we've been we've been hardballing you pretty good. Why don't you uh, Why don't you uh, Ask us, ask us some uh, some questions. Sure. I mean, I mean, I'm still trying to dial into where you guys. We've heard a couple of different things: breath, autonomy. You know, your the way you define autonomy. I guess it, it doesn't agree with the science. The science says that it's a human life. Now, are you saying that it's not wait, a human wait, wait, life? Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Time out. Time out. What are you saying? The science says is a human life. Because I'm reading straight from Princeton ADU. No, I'm saying, what are you saying that is? You can read from wherever the hell you please. I'll get the source after. But what are you sure. saying science says is human life? I'm saying that concession, but let's get a little, let's get a little. Um... Science doesn't say that. No, but you can, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you can, like, I am fair. Like, and I am fine with saying, I am fine with saying that the termination of a, of a, pre- let's talk, let's say 12 weeks, just to pick a number. The termination of a fetus at 12 weeks is the is the termination of a of a potential human life. I don't have any problem saying that. I'm not going to say it's it's the termination of a life because a lot can happen between 12 weeks and on that that could cause the that that cause that could cause the child not to be born anyway. But I have no problem saying to to everybody listening to our voices that at 12 weeks. If an abortion, uh, if a, if an abortion is performed, that is the termination of a potential human life. No problem with that whatsoever. Okay, uh, but there's no such thing as a potential human life. It is a human life. So what I, mean, I think that's, but, that's the fundamental uh, piece of where we differ. Yeah, and well, I don't. You're differing with the science there, though. What I mean, that baby at 12 weeks that you just mentioned has organs. It has brain waves. It has a heart that's beating in its chest. And none Blood of that matters if it's none of it matters if it's not in the womb. Yeah. But what is it then? Right? Am what, I, what, am what I correct? Is that, what is that twelve week old that stops? Sorry, what was that? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I thought you you might not have heard me because I was far away from the mic, but I'm saying you take the baby out of the womb at twelve weeks and all that heartbeat, brain waves, all that stops. Yeah. Regardless yes, of the regardless of the degree of medical life. intervention at twelve weeks, sure, but it doesn't make it any less human life. I, it's still human life; it's just no longer alive at that point. It's yeah, and and I, th- see, and I this is our fundamental point of disagreement. And I don't. You keep saying this is science, but and I don't know what Princeton Edu is in terms well, of science. I'm reading but, from the Mayo Clinic right now, so I mean, now you're disagreeing with the Mayo Clinic. So I don't know what the Mayo Clinic says. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you the link. Yeah, even if we call it, even if we call it, so I, all right. I, I think Dean touched on something very interesting there. 
And because when I said potential human life and he said, take it out of the womb. So, so that, that fetus at 12 weeks is living inside the womb. That is a fair statement. It is a living fetus inside the womb. If for some reason, like, let's say if there's a, if there's a miscarriage, okay, when the, when that fetus exits the womb at 12 weeks, it has and I'm not a doctor, I only play one on TV, it has a 0% chance of viability outside of the womb. It will not survive. If that child, uh, pardon me, if that fetus reaches to term and is a born child, that's, we're talking about something totally different. And, I, and I, again, I don't have a problem with saying that at 12 weeks, that fetus if aborted, is the termination of a potential human life. But the other thing we have to remember is that there could be, from, from the, that 12 weeks to whatever, there could be an issue where there's a, there's a miscarriage. The, 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 the mother could fall down the stairs and something, you know, something horrible, there could be a horrible tragedy in that way. They could be in a car accident and something could happen. Or she could have missed a couple of menstrual cycles just found out that she's pregnant and decided that she doesn't want to have that pregnancy. And that's her choice because she is the autonomous being who has the capacity to not only breathe on its own, but all those other things. And that's where what Shannon said comes into play. And because we're not talking about an autonomous being at that point. Okay, let me ask you a question. Where would you guys stand? And I don't know what the Canadian laws are here, but the law actually just changed in New York to to be consistent with their abortion laws. Um, let's say you have a, you know, pick the week, whatever, 12, 14, 8, whatever week you want to pick. Woman who is pregnant, her, you know, drugged up boyfriend punches her in the stomach and she loses the child. Should that be a murder charge or where would you guys draw the line there? No, nope, that's an assault charge. Yeah, that's assault, yeah. Okay, yeah. let's say she wanted the baby though. And the ba- uh, well, let, let me excuse me. Let's say she wanted that developing human life in the womb. She did not want an abortion. It's still assault. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Okay. okay. So you're consistent. Okay. Yeah. That's, fine. that's, yeah. that's consistent. one thing you'll find from us. We're always consistent. <laughs> well, it's except funny. when you're making up definitions. But. <clears throat> well, no. When I actually, I'm looking up, I typed into the Google because I also have access to the Google. And um, even up here in Canada, and it's uh, and I asked your question, when does life begin? And I found your Princeton.edu thing. And if you look at every other article above that, all it says is science isn't even clear on when life officially begins. In fact, science has complicated the personhood debate even further. You can find just as many articles on that same Google search that will say science does not agree at all. All of the things, all of those little bits that are quoted in that Princeton.edu are from 76, 84, 96. And guess what? Things evolve. New things happen. New learning happens. And actually, in the science world, all that it's done is further complicate the question of when life begins. So you're not okay. actually using science. Science does not uh, agree Okay, so what's position. changed since what I quoted? What's changed that you mentioned science changes? What's changed? Well, science what, doesn't no, change. Science the, doesn't the, amount, change. the amount of things that we've learned since then changes. Yeah. Oh, the science the fact says that science yeah. can't agree on what the actual yeah. definition of what life is. So why should we agree if science, people who are way smarter than you and I, and I'm not saying I'm not again, not saying anything nasty against you, but yeah. against all of us here, 
There are people who mm. are well more versed in biology and human development and all that stuff that still can't decide it either. It's exceedingly uncommon for my wife to admit that anyone might be smarter than she is. Hey, <laughs> that's not fair. Right, um, I have another question for you. Sure. So what are your thoughts um, as medical tech continues to get better? I know I think, Shannon, you said more so when the child is, is, is on its own or out of the womb. Um, as medical tech gets better, you know, right now we're around 21, 22 weeks here in the States where a baby can survive outside of the womb. Let's say it gets to 16 okay, or so, 18. So hang on a second. Let's back up. It's 21, 22 is hugely... At that, I would almost go to the point of saying, for an atheist, miraculous, because that is the quintessential exception and not the rule. Generally, at 28 weeks is the point where the baby's lungs are developed sufficiently enough for them to potentially be able to take breaths on their own without interventions. Anytime before or around that, they still need steroid shots to help develop their lungs out of utero. I mean, in, in 21 weeks in Canada, the rule is actually, and 21, given that you've, that's the number that you've used, the rule in Canada is that at 21 weeks, you do not provide any intervention. You provide comfort care and you watch and you hold and you support the child as it expires naturally because any intervention is so over the top, will cause extra pain to a now living, breathing, feeling autonomous child and will most likely in the vast majority of cases, even though these cases are rare, still result in the death of the child. And so you're bringing it into this world. It is suffering. You are putting it through additional suffering when, again, not every time, but the vast majority of the time, they will still die. Okay, so you would definitely be against abortion then when a child can feel pain based off of that, right? There is, you're going to the whole concept of being able to feel pain in utero and all that sort of stuff, you can throw all those things at me. And no, I'm not, I'm not here for that either. Well, now, I'm just using your argument. You said it can feel pain. It can be painful. Yes, because it's born. It is living. Its nervous system is fully functioning in the outside world. So yeah. you're telling me now, in, in Canada. In fairness, to, to, steal, to steal man what, to steal man what, what Clay is, is, is about to say, <clears throat> the development of the central nervous system is long before 21 weeks. And so I think what he's, what he's about to say, what he meant by you wouldn't support an abortion if it was going to cause the baby physical or the fetus physical pain is because the central, I'm not, I'm not sure when the central nervous system develops it. And I'm, cause again, I'm not a doctor. It's much earlier than 21 weeks when the central nervous system is developed. And <clears throat> I don't think you can make a reasonable argument that prior. So let's say, let's say for argument's sake that the central nervous system is developed at eight weeks. I don't know. I'm just picking a number. Let's say it's developed, and it might be earlier. I don't know. Let's week say it's developed. What's that? Week five. I'm looking at the Mayo Clinic right now. Sure. Let's say it's week five. Let, let's say, and yeah, let's say, okay, week five. I accept week five. At week five, there, there is a central nervous system, which means there is the capacity for a, you know, a, a, a degree of suffering, I guess with suffering would also come pleasure. I don't know, because I don't think I'm not sure you can have one without the other, but let's just say for argument's sake that at five weeks, the M cause I think it's still an embryo at that point can feel pain. Okay. Um, for, in my opinion, because it is still not an autonomous individual and does not have the capacity to sustain its own life. The choice of the mother must override, uh, must override the fetus, and regardless of the fact that there would be a degree of suffering, even if it was only momentary, uh, 
yeah, still has to override the the for the you know the the forcing of that of that mother to sustain a pregnancy she does not want. And also the momentary suffering, if there is any, of the fetus pales in comparison to the years of suffering that both mother and child or family involved in that unwanted pregnancy would have to suffer after the fact. Yeah, which which may or may not be. But anyway, Clay, if you want... Oh, actually, before we do go, go any further, I don't think we got... Any, I don't think we got an answer on the question of uh, rape. Because I had said, you know, like we had said that rape was a violent act. I agreed to that. Um, okay. In the, okay, let's talk about whether, I don't whether we're talking about the date rape drug or whether we're talking about, you know, something even ultra more violent, like, you know, a woman is horribly gang, gang rape somewhere or something like that. Um, anyway, in, in any form... Um, someone or some persons force themselves upon a woman, a pregnancy results, would you support an abortion in that instance? Hey, uh, Michael, I, I promise you we will get to this, but I want to make sure I understood Shannon right. So in Canada, if a baby is born at 21 or 22 weeks, they don't try to save it. Is that right? Um, I mean, it's I mean, it's not like law per se, but there are definite regulations when they determine how much intervention is possible and and like worthwhile. And I know that sounds harsh and I don't mean it to sound harsh because, you know, there's obviously a lot of emotion and a lot of things caught up in all of this stuff. So but I mean, there are. Are the women not going nuts in that circumstance, like save my baby kind of thing? Some might be, but some might be understanding that sometimes letting go and preventing the suffering of their child on a path where their death, unfortunately, is still quite likely is more palatable, unfortunately. Yeah, that, that's amazing to me. I had no idea that was the case. Yeah, All right. that's a thing. Sorry, I didn't, I, I, that struck me as kind of wow. Like, I had no idea that was the case up there. And I wouldn't uh, be surprised if it was the case there, too, in some jurisdictions. I mean, I would bet that when babies are born at a certain age, there are practitioners who will say to the mother, here's the situation. Here's what we potentially can do. Are you sure you want to do that? First, do no harm. And don't even sure. get me started, because I'm sure but, you'll take that down a different path. But Exactly. Right? Exactly. You know exactly <laughs> why I would take that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have a human life there, by, and we would agree it's a human life because it's out of the mother, it's breathing. Yep. It might be struggling. But it's still out of the mother and breathing. I say first do no harm means you save that child in any way you can. Well, you can try. I mean, yeah, yeah you, I, you I think we can agree try. on that. You should at least try, you right? Can. I mean, That's what they're saying. They, they, they can try, and it would take an enormous amount of effort and an enormous amount of expense um, to be the, 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 the money-grubbing one in the group. But it would take an enormous amount of effort and an enormous amount of expense to result in death anyway. In the large majority Canadian of cases. And, and pain. You got that Canadian healthcare. Isn't that what it's for? Yes, and that's fine. If that's something that is determined that needs to be done and it's worth doing because they think it will actually, you know, help that child, etc., then absolutely. What I'm saying is, in these cases, it is not always in the best interest of the mother or the child to go to extraordinary means to put the child and the mother and the father, for that matter, through intense suffering for the same end result. That's all. And yeah. I think we're getting off track because... Yeah. Yes. And, I th and, and I think I think that, it, I mean, I would say... To a born child, I would say do do whatever you can. You know, I mean, and it's also hard. I think we, I think in this case, where it 
all of us. It's pure speculation because we have no idea what we like, you know, given a specific circumstance, what a doctor would come to a, what a doctor would come to the patient and say, you know, cause there could be an extenuating circumstance with that particular baby, like with that baby itself, you know, underdeveloped lungs versus underdeveloped heart versus I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole lot of what about about like in a very specific case, as opposed to comparing it to something else. But I mean, there's, that's not, this situation is not necessarily the crux of the argument, unless you're trying to tie it back to um, me saying, well, if it can survive it and breathe at 21 weeks, then, you know, should we cut off abortion at 21 weeks, which is not your argument ever because you don't want any abortion at any time. So yeah, it's just more pointing back to the breath and autonomy position that was brought up earlier. That's, that's more what I was going back to, because I felt like that met the requirements that you had mentioned earlier, but I don't want to, I don't want to get off track here. I, yeah. I know we're, I don't yeah. want to chase any rabbits. Yeah. I, I will mention there is a strong pro-life advocate um, named Josiah Presley, who was born. It was a botched abortion. He survived it, lost most of his right arm. Um, I, I have a feeling like he would be one that would probably take my side on this. But we can get back to the, the and race. And he can take your side. I mean, again, this all comes down. You can take any side he wants. It is entirely his prerogative to have an opinion. But it is not his prerogative, unless he is the person making the law at that time, to decide what I can do to my body. And at the same time, I don't think anyone involved in any position of the law has the authority to say what I can or cannot do over my body. And I say the same thing about you. Yeah, sure. But you would also agree that legal doesn't always equal moral, right? I mean, we can look at several cases throughout history that would So here's prove the problem. That. I don't believe that, that being pro-choice is morally wrong, and it should not be legally wrong. Yeah, yeah, I know, but you were you were saying that about the law, and I'm just simply pointing out that just because something's legal doesn't necessarily mean it's moral. Do you want abortion to become illegal? Would I want abortion to become illegal? Absolutely, I want abortion to become illegal. Exactly. So your morality, therefore, completely contradicts mine in terms yeah. of what you are looking to make legal. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if you made abortion, I don't know what the numbers are in the states, but it's around 800,000 a year that are aborted here. Um, I mean, that's that's a lot of life that... It could be safe. Entirely true. But I mean, let's, one of the things we're not going to go off topic about, but I got to say it, let's talk climate change. Let's talk about global <laughs> overpopulation. Let's talk about the fact that this planet cannot sustain all this extra life right now. So just, you know, one more little piece of the pie. Okay. Let's go back to something way friendlier, sure. like rape. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's go, let's go right. Yeah. So, okay. So again, w would you support rape? Or sorry, no. would you, yeah. do, you, do you support rape? Hopefully we can yeah. easily all agree on this one. Great show, everybody. We, got, we all yeah. ended on the same note. Are you pro-rape? Oh, I, I no. feel like that was a yeah. setup. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, no. Would, 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 you, would you support abortion in the... In, in the exactly the second. I didn't get an answer. Um, in, in the event of rape. I, I, I have to say no, because... We agreed that rape is a brutal, horrible act, and mm -hmm. I also yeah, agree absolutely. abortion is a brutal, horrible act, and I'm not going to compound that. Now, here's the thing. I will say, if you have a woman that can go through pregnancy knowing um, that she is raising this child, let's say she doesn't even raise it. Let's say she just has it and gives it up for adoption. That is a hero in my book. A woman that can—I know that would have to be mentally taxing, and here's another case where me as a libertarian would say— Hey, if she doesn't have family, the government needs to come beside her and help her with this. Um, How can this you be a libertarian but not have not believe in bodily autonomy? But because I'm a pro-life libertarian, just like I mentioned to you, there's that is the biggest contradiction on the planet. But carry on. 
That's like you saying you're pro-life and pro-choice. That's the biggest contradiction on the planet. But. No, not at all. Hmm. I can be both things at the same time. Well, I mean, I would say I can be both things at the same time, and I would say I can be consistent at the same time. <clears throat> but you're not pro-life. We've already established you're not pro-life. You're pro-birth. No, I'm an abolitionist. So you're not pro-life. Exactly. So if you believe in the death penalty, you're not pro-life. No, I make a distinction between somebody who... But that's not consistent. ...and innocent human life in the womb. No, you're not being consistent in your opinion. You're making a category error. Shannon, you're making a category error. You're equating an innocent human life versus a guilty, murderous rapist. And who the hell are you to decide that? I Those am putting actually less distinctions than anyone in this room because we're a bunch of us are on the same page. But I am actually making, I'm being the most consistent. I am saying that at the moment of that first breath and when that child is born, it is a life. And there is nothing in this earth, no person, no government, no nothing, who has the right to determine that living, breathing child, man, woman, 78-year-old, rapist, murderer should die. All right, so it, let's let's look at a rare occasion because you guys looked at some too. Sure. Let's say a, and obviously this is not something that happens very often. It does happen. Don't get it wrong. It does happen. But there are third trimester abortions in the states. Um, I mean, the, I think the number I saw was three or four thousand. Yeah. Are you familiar with how a third trimester abortion takes place and how brutal it is as far as ripping the body parts? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so but you would have to say you're for that because that. That child was not, or innocent human life, not used child, fetus, okay, maybe we use fetus. That fetus is not taking a breath, and it's not autonomous, but you would still be okay with that violent act. Yes, third, I'm sorry, but yes. Third trimester abortions are in the majority of the case because the, the pregnancy is no longer viable. And it's not because a woman just has gone through seven months of pregnancy and said, you know what, I don't want it. Oh my God, I didn't know I was pregnant. I'm giving birth in four <laughs> weeks, and now I don't want it. That Listen, I granted, I granted you it's rare, but if you don't think that happens, you're fooling yourself. You know, well, what, else I, you know what? I don't care. Like, I mean, again, that makes me sound callous, etc. But at the end of the day, in the same way that you say abortion is not your thing in any way, shape, or form, even if it 100% means the mother and the baby are going to die, no abortion, guess what? I am 100% pro-choice. That means, yes, terrible things have to happen, and the bad ways that these things happen in those late trimesters for those few people where it happens for whatever reason, the vast majority of which are because of medical or genetic abnormalities or things that are going to happen to the mother, and I'm okay. still going to stand um, behind it. In this case, you would say, I mean, a baby that far along is going to feel the same amount of pain that a one-day-old baby would feel, you but know. because it hasn't taken a breath, it can be torn apart. Uh, nobody's, no. nobody's tearing it apart, first no, of all. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. No. It's probably just falling oh, asleep. Have you, you stopped the blood flow? You have, someone has sold you a bill of goods and you are internalizing that yeah. like nobody's business. Yeah, no, I that mean, is not yeah. how it works. Yeah, no, my, understa my understanding... We don't, we, don't yeah. know, we don't know how much pain the baby is feeling. And yeah. even with corporal punishment, they give you a shot so you don't feel pain when they kill you. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and when, it comes to, when it comes to those, those unfortunate uh, late-term... Uh, abortions, which again are usually caused because of medi something medically happening. And you don't even know how much pain. No, no, we no, we don't. We don't have the capacity to to measure that. It, it's an estimation. Um, but we're talking about in the you know, we're talking about um, labor inducing delivery, where the you know where where the where the mother is is induced into labor, and she you know after you know and 
usually after, um, again, like a, a shot or something like that, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, the, the, the non-viable fetus is delivered. We're, we're, we're not, I mean, I've, I know you've seen the videos and I, I've, I've, I've seen the videos too. They don't put these, you know, they don't, you know, put these forceps up. They don't rip the babies to pieces. That's complete garbage. It doesn't okay. happen. I'm, I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you a link when we get done from a uh, Dr. Anthony, I guess it's Labinato. He was an OBGYN for years. He performed abortions, late term abortions as well. He describes the procedure, so I'll I'll send you that link and be, we'll just agree to disagree. But I'll let you. I've take actually I've actually seen the video you're going to show me, um, and I'm but I'm curious to see if if it's from the same site because I saw one from a from a place called Life Site News, uh, which is not exactly unbiased, uh, that 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 showed this video and how untrue it is. But we'll wait to see the link. Sure. This was him. He was in front of it looked like maybe a group of college kids in a university setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it's the same video you saw, but either way, I'll send it to you. Thing. Yeah, cool. We don't have to get bogged down there. We're talking about you oh, know cool. scenarios that do happen, but it is uh, you know again, something worth what, discussing. One of the other things that we should talk about too is that as science and medicine evolves, we the the, the process by which these things happen. And I think I, I, no one here is saying, you know, raw, let's have all the abortions. I mean, I, I don't think any one of us is saying that. We started off the conversation by saying that we all agree that we are pro-life. My stance is that just my pro-choiceness trumps my pro-lifeness. Um, but at the same time, as science and medicine evolve, so do the way that procedures are carried out. Everything has changed now. Hip surgeries change. We can replace knees. You can do everything laparoscopically. And so it stands to reason that the way that abortions are carried out at any term, late term, early term, whatever, that things have progressed and changed. I don't know how old your video is. I don't know how long ago. I mean, if it was, you know, last week, then that may be a different thing. I still would probably want to kind of evaluate whether or not it's actually true. But my point is simply that... You know, science has come a long way, medicine has come a long way, and things have, things have the capacity to change. Sure, yeah. sure. There, there's, there's as, absolute, um, actually, excuse me, I'm telling this to Congress in a C-SPAN clip, so I don't know if that's, mm-hmm. if that's, you know, uh, you, you can take a look at it and see. Now, I, I guess he, my point is, is he like firmly pro-life? Is he anti-abortion now? He, he is now. He once was an abortion doctor. Uh huh. That's convenient. So, okay, carry on. Well, I mean. I don't think that's necessarily fair. I mean, it could be that he changed his mind after seeing what he was doing. Yeah, it's entirely, entirely possible. It's entirely possible. I can, and I, would, I could understand that. I mean, people, okay. people have to do things that over time it makes it harder for them to do their job and they have to kind of work their conscience. I get that. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean no one should have abortions. Yeah. Okay. It so, just means guess, that they shouldn't do them anymore. Yeah. So hammer us with something else. Do what now? Hammer us with something else. Okay, I guess the, the part that I'm struggling with from from you. Oh, you cut uh, out there. You cut out there for just a second. Hello. Yeah, uh, no, you're still there. You just cut out for just a second. Just repeat okay. what you said. Okay. I, I guess the consistency factor. So we talked earlier about, um, you know, where a human life is. You know, uh, the birth takes place. Right. Could depend on whether or not that child lives or not. No, I don't think that's what any of us said. Mm. Okay. Oh, po- oh, geography. Pardon me. Yeah. That's not shit. Yeah. So like, but it could. Yeah. Like that's just reality. So, that's not morality. That's reality. 
I, I agree that is reality, but it also seems to favor for those that are poor. Uh, and what I'm saying is that life is equal in both circumstances, and I believe it is a life from the beginning to the end, no matter where it takes place, no matter where it is born. Uh, uh, a child, you, you know, you mentioned 21, 22 weeks. Let's let's bump up to your 28 week mark. A child in the states or in Canada has a much better survival rating than someone in a third world country. What what's the difference to you guys' opinion on why one would be a life and one wouldn't? Be? There's um, no difference. There's, yeah, there's, yeah. You're confusing our definition of life. I mean, if in any, if anything, we are being as consistent as. I probably have ever been in my entire life. And that <laughs> life for me, I won't speak for my two gentlemen friends here, but life for me begins when the child has exited the womb and is breathing. And I don't care what? where, it, that doesn't matter where it's born. That to me is life. Yeah. Okay. And, it, you, and your it's definition a, differs. We will never so, therefore yeah. see eye to eye. It's so a horrible tragedy. Dead. Yeah, it's, it's an absolute tragedy that there are places in the world that, you know, that, you know, that, that have the, the lack of medical care that some of the, you know, uh, first world countries have. That's a horrible tragedy. We're getting away from the abortion issue here because we're not talking about early pregnancy. We're talking about places in the world that have ridiculous infant mortality rates. So like places in Africa, they don't even name their child until the kid's a year old because of the likelihood of it dying. Yeah. Okay. What is it about? personhood to you jen yeah sorry i missed you cut out again there for a second i'm sorry the so what is it about the birth canal that ascribes personhood to you um it is the the untethering from its host well i mean it's still tethered when it comes out yes it does get untethered right so i I guess i'm trying to figure out like what magical power does the birth canal have to make one human it wasn't human the second before it came out that nothing to do with birth, birth canal because we have C-sections. Yeah. So it's, it's not the birth canal. It's the fact that the, the, the baby is, is now removed from its mother physically and can survive on its own. Okay. What is it right before it comes out? Either C-section or what is it right before then? A second before then? A fetus? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean okay. if, if, if you want to talk about like definite... And, and I understand you're... It's... Uh, I don't want to. You're trying to force me into a false equivalency that I'm not willing to make. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to put labels, but it's a. It's touching on dishonest, um, because you're trying to say, you know, like at, at what point, you know, three seconds before, four seconds before, four weeks before, when does it become human? It's it's because because it's not it's not about that. It's about and Shannon was uber clear, right? It's it is the you know the she used untethering right. So the you know the 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 birth of the fetus, right? Now living child, you know, pulling. I, I remember when, when my daughter was born and they stuck the, you know, sucked the stuff out of her nose and wiggled her around and I got to cut the cord and all that other stuff. And, and, you know, super cool. And, you know, the, and she started screaming all right away and hasn't stopped. Um, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, and I'm, I'm joking. She's 22 by yeah. the way. <laughs> uh, joking, of course, but it, you know, the whole, it, so that's it. And it's, so it's not about, you know, that before, because, no, because again, no one is saying, no one would say, well, I can't say no one, none of us would say, and I don't think anyone reasonable would say that if, if we put a distinction out that 13.7 seconds before the child is born, 
um, it's not a fetus, so we can take it out and hack it up. N- that's never going to happen, right? That That is trying to, again, trying to push someone into a position where they have to put a definition on, well, then, okay, so what? what is it about 13.7 seconds before the child's born that's so different about at 27 weeks when the child, you know, or at nine weeks? Because it's still a lot. It's not, that's not the same. That's not the same thing. And here's the thing, too. It's not... I mean, you're looking at definitions of science, et cetera, but at the crux of this entire conversation, you go back to, for you, life begins at conception. What I'm saying is for me, life begins, like actual survivable human life begins the moment a child is out of the womb, whichever way it came out, and inhaling breath separate from its host. Yeah, and, 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 and we're can never, survive. We're never it, going to align on that. Because yeah, there's some scientific backing on that as to why you believe that. I'm sorry. You send me, I don't know, some, some kind of scientific evidence or why you, you choose to believe that it has to do with breath to make one human. So I can look into that a little further. She um, never said breath makes her human. I, I'm not saying anything about humanity. I'm talking about when I say life as is functional in this world begins. Uh, so is that just an, your opinion? There is no, there is no hard and fast. If, if, if it was easy for science or for everyone out there to determine exactly when the moment of life begins, we would not be having a conversation about when do you think life begins? It would be a well-known and accepted fact. It is not. Okay. So that is just your opinion then? Is it your opinion that life begins at conception? I don't think you could find a single scientist. You know, you might disagree on, uh, egg meeting sperm, but I don't think you can find a single scientist that would say a 24-week-old fetus is not an actual human life. I think I could probably find some, in fact. Right, well, I think, send it to me if you can. I, well, I'll, I will take a peek and see what I can find, but I will, I will say there are probably a lot of scientists out there that would agree in a nanosecond that that child is not viable. Hang on, i got to think about what it is I'm trying to say here. That That child is not able to exist in that moment without its mother and slash or medical intervention if it has been born by that point. That's all I'm trying to say. And look, I need to back this up a little bit because, I mean, I realize I get very kind of emotional and very kind of hypervigilant about all these sort of things, but I need you to know something too. Um, And this may have been in the episode and you may have heard it and it may not have, and I don't even remember, but... I mean, I tried with Michael to, we tried to get pregnant for eight years. We tried every, I don't know where you stand on IVF, but whatever, we tried that. Um, I mean, you're talking to someone who desperately wanted a child. Went, we spent $90,000 because IVF is not covered in Canada, or it wasn't at the time anyway. We spent $90,000 trying to be parents. Um, we went through everything, all of the hormones, all of the shots, everything. And I got pregnant and I miscarried. And I had a miscarriage of just under 10 weeks and I passed tissue that I could look at and see and hold in my hand, quite literally. Um, So I know what it's like to be pregnant. I know what it is like to house and to lose human life. I know what it is to love and to become attached to something that you want. And I know what it is to, to grieve and to bear that loss. And it was 11 years ago and it feels like it was yesterday. So I just, I needed to say that because even through all of that, um, 
I mean, my child died from a genetic abnormality. It did not function or my, the fetus or whatever. I'm not going to get into terminology at, at this point. So I would bear you the indulgence. But at the end of the day, when we went for one of our last ultrasounds, I was told that there was still a very low heartbeat, that there was no success of this child being able to survive. It would not survive. But as long as there was a heartbeat, we had to keep going or like wait for my body to take care of it and process things naturally. Or I could go to an abortion clinic if I got to the point where I felt like I couldn't mentally process this anymore. Um, and let me tell you, as someone at fully pro-choice, 100% pro-choice, that was a really hard pill to swallow that was very hard to process, to internalize, to think about the concept that I visualized myself walking into an abortion clinic where women were willingly giving up viable pregnancies and I was potentially going to be unwillingly giving up a non-viable pregnancy. And at the end of the day, I still, and at the end of the day, a week later, nature took care of things and, and I miscarried on my own. I did not have to get to that point. But I told myself that, you know, had I needed to make that decision, that that's what I would have done. As hard as it would have been, as heartbreaking, as angry as I would have been at all of those women sitting there making choices to get rid of babies when I could not have one. And to be clear, I never got pregnant again. I have no biological children and I never will. But to sit there and to watch those women and to go through it, at the end of the day, my stance in their right, their body to make that choice never once wavered. So I put that out there so you have an understanding that I'm just not being you know, some callous, oh, women's live, do the thing. I get it. I've lived it viscerally, almost to the point of having to walk there despite not wanting to. So I just wanted to give that context. Yeah, Shannon, you you did mention that in that episode. I didn't want to bring it up because I know how personal and I can hear the heartbreak in your voice right now as you're talking about it. And I'm, my, I mean, the Bible tells us to weep with those who weep. And when I heard you talking about that, I mean, now I'm tearing up a little bit. When I heard you talking about it earlier this week, I, I mean, my heart broke. And I'll get a little personal with you. My wife had a miscarriage a week before Christmas, so just, just a couple months ago. And That's horrible. It, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, it, that when I heard my wife holler my name from down the hallway, I, I knew something was terribly wrong just because the way she screamed my name. Um, but that, that sound will never leave my brain. Um, she was devastated. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I know, you know, not from personal experience of having to go through it myself, but going through it with my wife, um, I, I know how heartbreaking that is. And I mean, it is because human life holds value to me. That That's why this issue matters to me. That's, that's why, you know, when, when you were telling your story right there and when I dealt with my wife and, and our struggle a couple months ago, it is devastating. Um, and, and I agree with you. Like when you see when you go through something like that and then you see people willfully, you know, deciding that their own offspring isn't important. I mean, that that's honestly, that's why this issue matters to me because my heart breaks for these lives that will never get a chance at, at living a life and living their own dreams and their own destiny. Um, that's yes, why this issue matters. 
and mine doesn't because I know that these women that are making these decisions, and yes, you know, I'm willing to admit that there are women who use abortion as birth control. Yep. I'm absolutely happens. willing to admit that that happens. I don't like it, you know, but again, it's not my body. And at the end of the day, women who are are making these choices out of a, a terrible place and whatever, however they came to the circumstance. I guarantee you no one willy-nilly walks in and says, can I have an abortion, please, and a side of French fries? Like, it is not an easy decision to make. And so, but at the end of the day, their life matters too. And the simple fact that you sit there and you say that these unborn, the, this fetus this zygote this embryo whatever because you're saying life begins at conception so a blastocyst which is quite literally a hundred cells at five days after conception you're saying that that has equal value to the woman who is alive and walking around and has a life and is in college and is trying to get through and a job and all of those things all of their hopes and dreams could disappear in its entirety if they're forced to carry a child that for whatever reason and the reason shouldn't matter they are being forced to carry to term that they don't want yeah they don't want uh, well i mean the is when you when you say forced to carry a child the, their own actions have put them in that position right i mean okay. we agree yeah, with but that. that yeah but that's i mean not not necessarily right <clears throat> and it's funny because again, have you never done anything wrong? Well, no, it's, it's not even so much that. Are you saying that because it's the it's the woman's yeah. choice that puts her in danger, the, and the guy gets off scot free? Yeah. Hang on, hang on. It's 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 interesting because again, when I was talking with your dad, um, uh, talking about my wife, when I was talking to your dad, we had a conversation about this, and I put together a little paper for him on you know on, on a, you know the issue of autonomy and stuff like that, and I put together a scenario for him. So my my father in law is a staunch Catholic, pro life very, very firm. And he's like, he's like, I am pro-life. I don't blah, blah, blah. And we had this discussion. I said, so, so let's, let me put together this hypothetical for you. Right. So a woman is at a bar and she's celebrating, you know, she's celebrating something, you know, uh, you know, a, a good day with her colleagues, right? All of her colleagues leave. She's just getting ready to leave by her, you know, she's just getting ready to leave herself. And a guy walks up to her and says, Hey, you know, I noticed you and I, I just want to kind of say hi to you. You know, I, you know, I think you're really pretty. And they sit down, they, they talk a little bit, you know, they, they have something more to eat. After a discussion, after, you know, some talking about it, they decide to go back to his hotel room. He's from out of town, right? He's there on business. And, you know, they, they just want to enjoy themselves. They want to enjoy each other. And the woman's like, look, man, you know, I'm not interested in, in having a baby, you know, I, you know, and I, you know, I don't know you. And he's like, no, I've, I got condoms. And she's, she's like, well, you know, just to let you know, you know, I am on, I'm on, you know, using oral contraceptive as well. Um, uh, you know, and, and let's have a party, you know, enthusiastic consent, let's fuck. And they do that. And, you know, afterwards they fight, you know, they, the fight, the guy's like, oh, sh like the, the, uh, the condom broke, right? Pretty rare, but it happens. She's on contraception, and let's say she missed a day, you know, of her contraception, and, and her contraception wasn't even aware of it. She just kind of forgot, didn't even kind of come to mind. Um, a pregnancy results. Okay, now a minute ago you were talking about you know it's their actions, it's their actions. Here are two people that decided to have you know sex. One of them, like outside of self-preservation, procreation may be one, maybe the second most basic human instinct. And it's perfectly natural, you know, and it's fun. Uh, so they decided to, you know, to do that. But they, they took every precaution outside of not having sex, which is not reasonable because people like sex. 
um, you know, she was on the pill. He, they used a condom. Condom broke. Shit happens. He's, you know, um, you know, she doesn't find out that she's actually, you know, uh, pregnant until he's back in whatever town from some other place. Uh, and she's like, you know, I have a budding career. Uh, you know, I don't, I, we took all the precautions. I don't even want kids, period. Um, and yet you had said earlier that you would, you would be, be in favor of outlawing abortion. And then when someone when and then, but then a second ago, you're like, you know, saying it's forced, you know, their, their actions, but under, under your, under your guidelines or your, your proposed guidelines were it to be made legal, this woman would not be able to have an abortion. And that would be by definition, forcing her to continue a pregnancy she don't want. Okay. In your scenario, did she go up willingly or did he drug her, drug her? What? Oh, no, no, they had, no, they had a discussion and they, and they had enthusiastic consent. Okay. So again, now I will grant you this, that by nature, from what I would say, you know, from God's standpoint, women carry the child. So there is definitely an extra burden there. And, and y'all got, you guys talked about, um, health support during pregnancy. Uh, on the on the episode I listened to, I would be absolutely in favor of that as well. Um, but still, the woman's actions led to the pregnancy. So did the man's. And in your scenario, the man disappears and he's never heard from again. Oh no, he just he just. I mean, he was there on business. You know, I mean, it happens all the. Sure. It's probably happening in in a thousand hotel rooms in North America right, right this second. Yeah, two people Don't met disagree. and they are doing it. <laughs> Right now. And, and the, difference in, just, the difference in the consequence if something happens despite taking all of those precautions is unbelievably unbalanced. Okay, but at the end of the day, you're still killing an innocent human life in the process. Yeah, but, but, are, but are you saying, like, I mean, are, are, you, are you saying that the two instances, or, like, let's say, um, you know, instance one where someone's just like, you know, let's have, you know, let's have sex willy-nilly in the backseat of my Pinto, that's probably not even possible, but because uh, I, I don't think there's any pintos on the road anymore, you know, in the backseat of my minivan, and, uh, you know, we're, well, we'll figure it out later. Do you have a condom? No. Uh, fuck it. Let's go. And these other two people that are like, I don't want a kid. I don't want a kid either. I got a condom. You're on the pill. Woohoo. Condom breaks. Woman's pregnant. Like, are you saying that those two are, that, that, that they have the same amount of uh, culpability? Are we saying the man is in the picture in either of these scenarios or the in, man disappears? In both. in both. Like, let's say they're both equal. One was at a bar and ends up in the back of a minivan, and the other one is in a bar and ends up in a hotel room. And they're and they're, let's say they're equal scenarios. Okay, but, I mean, are we saying, like, the man just, is, he dips and he's gone, or are we saying the man's still around? Does it really matter? Honestly, will it change well, your I, will it change your answer? I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately no, curious. Does it matter? No, no, no. I, I'm just trying to make sure I understand your scenario. But, I mean, either way, I'm not exactly. going to support the death of an innocent human life because a bad mistake was made. Okay, but... But, but, but it wasn't actually a mistake. Every yeah. precaution was taken. Yeah. Every single precaution was taken to not okay. yeah. have that life result, quote-unquote yeah. life. Yeah. We're all life. adults here, and we we all know that there's a chance. No matter what kind of precautions you're taking, there's always a chance you can have a child from sex. I mean, so we what all you're know. You're saying that. is women who don't want children should not have sex. No, what I'm saying is women that don't want children should take those precautions. Yes, but if they end up getting pregnant, I don't think you should be able to kill your child because of it. Because Even though that child is categorically unwanted. 
kids go unwanted all the time. I still don't think that's a reason to kill them. Well, I mean, you're you're not going to go into a, a foster home and start oh, killing kids come because on. they're on. But imagine, okay, so yeah, so to, let's take that, let's take that and run with that, okay? So there's a bunch of kids in a foster home that are living, that have been sexually abused, that are living terrible lives, they're malnourished, and I mean, I realize I'm, I'm I'm taking it to the nth degree, but just run with me for a second, okay? So there, there are children who have been, you know, repeatedly abused, physically abused. They have no love. They have no consistency. They have no siblings. They have no family. They have nothing. That yeah. is a better existence to you, knowing what that child, that child could, again, extrapolating and being hyperbolic because that seems to be the theme of the evening. Um, that child could grow up to develop significant mental health issues, to be, let's go for it, less school shooter, one of your rapists, because they've never known love. They felt unwanted their entire life. Everyone has told them they are nothing and no one loves them. So then okay. they grow up, they do all these bad things, and then it's okay for you to kill them because they did bad things after a life of being unloved because their mother wasn't able or because you, you don't want to let her say, I don't want to bring this child into the world. Okay. In the episode I listened to, you were speaking of kids living in homes where the parents don't want them, and, and I actually wrote this down so I could quote you. You said, I can't think of anything more depressing, more hopeless, or more harmful than to bring a child into the world where it isn't wanted. And the first thought that popped into my head, well, I can, killing them would be much more harmful. Really? Yes. To that child. How do you get to decide whose life is worth living? How do you get to decide whose life is worth taking? What are we once again, we're mixing categories. Are we punishment. talking about an innocent life or are we talking about somebody who went on a murder how, spree? How like in, to, how, who are you to determine innocence? I mean, I think the, we all agree here that murder is wrong. Sure. Who, who doesn't agree here that murder is wrong? I believe that murder is wrong. I also don't believe that, you know, an eye for an eye. That is not a, any, I mean, I don't get behind anything in the Bible, but that's sure one of them I don't get behind. So, so there is no crime someone could commit. So you wouldn't, I mean, let's go to the extreme. You wouldn't have killed Hitler. Lock him up. So what? Lock him up. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, we disagree. We disagree on that. I mean, I, I think there are absolutely crimes you can commit that you don't belong to and to live that in society. Makes you a hypocrite. I'm sorry. You either believe that makes in the you not you, understanding categories. You either believe in the life. You either believe in the sanctity of life or you do not. And you. Not do you, you don't, not. You're not understanding categories. You're, you're confused innocent and guilty. I'm talking about life. Mm. Innocent, guilty. Who cares? <clears throat> no, what, 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 again, what, what Clay is arguing. Death row. Yeah. Yeah. What Clay is arguing is, 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 is he saying, he's saying that you're committing a category error. They're saying that there's one category where something is okay, where there's one category that something isn't okay. And that, that, that's what that's he, his position, not mine. That's what he's, but that's what he's saying. I'm just trying to steal man his argument. That's what he's saying. You're, that's what he's saying that you're doing. And, and it's, and it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the case, but this is, this is where, this is where, this is a, again, where opinions diverge because of the fundamental differences in views. Yeah. And because, right. I mean, I'm being, is that fair? Sorry. Is that fair, Clay? Not. I missed that you broke up on the last part. I, I'm just asking you if that was if that was fair. If if no, no, you broke up on the last part before that. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Where I said that, um, you know, where I said that there's this fundamental difference in where you diverge because you're like you're thinking that there's the, this category error where Shannon where Shannon is saying you know like it's it's okay in one sense but not in another sense 
and that's where but it's where it's where our opinions diverge right well, and and, well, and for the, the and for the record i don't think yeah i mean i am also not a proponent of you know of of capital punishment it's it is unbelievably difficult to try to apply reason to such an emotional issue and when you say you know even if somebody broke into your house and did this it, I, I i can't say what I would do in that instance. I think it's probably fair to say that it would be helpful to the person who did break into the house, that the police got there before I got to them. Um, you know, and, but that would be rage. That wouldn't be reason. Um, and so what, what if you were defending your family though? Well, and, and again, I think, I think defending, I'll say that would be reason, <clears throat> you know, as, as a man, yeah, you think, would be I, showing good reason to defend your family. Yeah. And I, th- and, and I would hope, I would hope that my brain would be able to stop me before I took a life. What if it was you or them, though, or you or your wife? I, 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 don't, I can't say what I would do in that situation uh, because you can play coulda, woulda, shoulda all night long. Um, but I, but I, I, can't, I can't intelligently say in X, I would do Y. I think you have to be placed in that scenario. That's why I said I hope that my brain would stop me from taking the life. I got you. All right, so I don't want to chase for curious okay. on this since you brought it up. So I live, the police response time, I mean, I have five acres out in the country. The police response time to my house would be a minimum of 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, we, that we might be 45. Scenario. We might be 45 seconds. We have police and fire within a, a, like, our house. Yeah, a solid stone throw away. Okay, so so you would look at my situation different than yours in that instance because ten minutes is a long time. Yeah, ten, min- ten minutes is a lo- ten minutes is a long time. And again, I th- I think the situation is different, right? I mean, so this situation, you know, you know, kind of fighting, battling for your life, protecting your family, defending yourself is very different from the government mandating or you saying that it's okay to kill people because they did bad things. Those sure, are I mean, two I'm, different different scenarios. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not in favor of mob rule. I mean, yeah. I, I think. You deserve a fair trial of your peers. I'm not sure what the, you know, I'm not familiar with Canadian law at all. So I don't know what the, uh, you know, how your, yeah, you know, your court system works. It's very similar. We have juries and all that jazz, but we just don't have any form of capital punishment anymore. Yeah, yeah they just, okay. yeah, like, yeah, like as, as rare as it is, sometimes innocent people are sent to death. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I yeah, mean, there, there's there, no doubt that happens. Yeah, there was a guy a uh, long time ago now, Paul, Paul Bernardo. He was nicknamed the Scarborough Rapist. Uh, it's 25 years ago, plus now, that uh, he went on a rampage. He killed uh, he killed uh, two young girls, young teenagers, in the just starting their lives out. It's absolutely horrible tragedy. And he, you know, he, he is he was labeled because in Canada, life is 25 years. Um, and so that's just the way that the law is. I per- I personally don't agree with that. I think I think life should be life. Like if you're put in jail when you're alive, you come out in a box. Um, yeah. But they have another provision where you can be labeled a dangerous offender, and he was, and so he will, while alive, never see the light of freedom. Um, and and I am perfectly fine paying taxes to keep him alive because I do not agree with the death penalty. Do you think it would be worse for him to sit and suffer than it would be just to execute him? Is that why, or is it just uh, your moral qualms about um, about I, killing I th- a rapist? Yeah, I, I, I think I think part of it. I think part of it is because we we know 
since the uh, you know since the advancement of science that innocent people have been executed, and I think uh, that's too risky uh, a proposition, even in instances where they have you know all of the all, you know as much proof as they can have. I think that's too risky. And you can't say, you know, well, you know, what's good for one is good for all. And so I would err personally, my opinion, on the side of um, better to better to not. And in my yeah. brain, it, just, it all Enough. comes down to murder does not, you know, should, doesn't need to equal murder. Like that eye for an eye, that whole thing. Yeah. Just not my worldview. Yeah. If, if yeah. killing somebody means that you should be killed, then the person who killed the murderer now should be killed. That, well, again, that would be a category error, but yeah, but yeah, and again, we're you know, it's it's yeah, it's it's a uh, okay. Wow, we're at an hour and forty minutes, and this is mostly your fault. I'm pointing at my wife. It's mostly your fault, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, no, have, she 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 drills she drills on us sometimes because we go an hour and a half, and we now go an hour and forty. Um, this has been an amazing um, discussion. I I think that this is something that we could continue. I'm totally up can for I, that. Can I just ask a real yeah. quick question? Um, yeah, absolutely. If, go. If, if we are going to end it Fire. soon. Um, with the laws being currently the way they are, with uh, hey, Roe v. Wade in place... Can you come a little place, closer to the mic? I, I can't hear you that well. Oh, sorry. I was just saying that with the laws currently in place the way they are, um, with Roe v. Wade in place, and women are given the right to choose, how does that affect your life? How does that affect my my life directly? I mean, yeah, if, directly. Like what? Like 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 you obviously have a a, a lovely uh, family and life. You sleep at night. You go to work. Everything's fine and dandy. If nothing changes, why? What? What, what does it matter to you? Okay, it matters to me for the same reason that. I think there should be murder law. There was a case here um, a couple, well, a month ago or so of a little girl, a two-year-old girl that went missing and she was ended up, uh, she was murdered. But did that affect me personally? No, it didn't affect me personally because I didn't know her. But do I think there should still be a law against that? Yes, I think there should be a law against that. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Dean, yeah. it's just very popular. You just yeah. got a phone call, so Dean, I had to step out for a Dean, minute. I take a phone call. But uh, yeah, okay, so. What happens when we go for almost two hours? <laughs> yeah. Did you have any other, um, I mean, what's interesting is that we virtually didn't touch on the religious aspect of this in any way, shape or form. But I think that's where, that is, am I incorrect in asserting, I mean, because you said before you were pro-choice or, or however you wanted to frame it, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you said it didn't really sure. affect you and it wasn't something you, you, you were too caught up on, but then you were saved and now you are categorically, you've made it very clear through all of the examples, through everything that we've given you tonight, you are categorically anti-abortion in every way, shape, and form you possibly can be. Yeah, because the good news of the gospel changed my life. I mean, I, I had a heart of stone and was given a heart of flesh by Christ Jesus himself, the one who rose from the dead. Um, and there was a dramatic change in my life. In fact, it happened while I was up here in North Carolina went down uh, to see my buddies, I don't know, six months or so after uh, Christ saved me. And my best friend, who I found up, I mean, we raised all kinds of hell. Um, after we'd been kind of hanging out for a couple hours and I was no longer doing the same things he was doing. And, and his quote to me was, what the blank is wrong with you? You know, he said, you have changed. And it 
opened open the door for me to give him the gospel. Now he is a he is an agnostic. He believes probably like you guys do. He believes in biblical principles as far as like uh, you know, thou shalt not murder, don't commit adultery. He thinks those are good principles, but he doesn't believe that there is a God. I believe in general morality. I don't believe it has to come from a book or from a, a fable. Oh no, no. And, and, well, this is and this is where we're gonna this is where we're gonna drive right off the uh, right oh, off the plantation mm-hmm. because oh. um, morality mm-hmm. far precedes uh, anything like religion. Um, well, I, I wanted you know to to get a little bit of the gospel in there, but I knew me coming in here and talking religion with you guys was gonna we we're gonna be beating our heads against the wall. Oh no, no, it's oh, no. Still um, our heads and, we, we we can accomplish that all yeah. on our own. We don't no. even need religion for that. <laughs> no, my my head is all bruised up. Um, yeah, and, and but, also, Ad, I mean, I feel like this argument. Obviously, the only reason I care about this argument is because of the gospel and the change in my heart. But I feel like this argument can be won without me even citing the Bible. I mean, I, I expected you guys to go to Numbers five. Um, Exodus 21, I thought we were going to get into some biblical theology, but I, you know, if, if we want to just keep it on different topics, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, n- numbers Ash. five, numbers five is an interesting one. It, it it's, is. It's, uh, yeah. So for my wife, who's not terribly familiar, is not as familiar with the Bible as I am. Basically it's, it's the only, it's the only mention, uh, in the Bible of abortion. And it's a, specifically how one is to be carried out. Um, basically, if a man thinks uh, if man thinks his wife cheated on him, they take him to like a, uh, like the temple, like the and stuff like that. I think the temple is the house of whatever, and I forget exactly the wording. And yeah, it's not the jealousy offering passage. Yeah, and um, she they they take a bowl and they take dust from the floor and put it in the bowl and mix it with water, and she has to drink it. And if she was unfaithful, it'll cause her belly to swell and her and her womb to discharge. Um, oh, that's that's not exactly right, but. I got it right in front of me. Uh, it causes, uh, but, it'll cause the. I, I have numbers five printed out right in front of me. What what um, version are you using of the Bible? Uh, what I mean, it, well, I mean, versions are. I mean, un, unless you're going to tell me you speak Aramaic, ancient Greek, or well, ancient Hebrew, then we can't go back to the original autograph. So I oh, use NIV because oh. it's easy. Yeah. Well, the NIV is the only translation, you look this up too, the NIV is the only translation that uses the words miscarriage there. It's a bad translation. You can you can do the research on this to find out. It's a bad translation. There's nothing there that says anything about a miscarriage. In the original Hebrew, I've talked to people who speak Hebrew, who've taught Hebrew on this, um, and it is the only translation that yeah. uses the word miscarriage. I think the, I think the KJV says causes the, the thigh to fall away or something like that. Um, yeah, and the ESV talks about, uh, I don't even have it pulled up in front of me. I think it says something about the belly swelling. Yeah. But the only translation that uses miscarriage is the NIV. Just so, FYI. So you do you think forward. that that's not what they're talking about? Do you think oh, that this translation is misleading and that the rest of them are not talking no. about you know, a miscarriage or delivering or, or, or forcing a birth? It's just a, a bad translation in this part. Look, I don't know if you've ever taught any King James only us before. Uh, only, only once. Who was it? If you don't mind me asking, uh, a guy named, uh, guy, guy goes by the name of Ben the Baptist. I know Ben the Baptist. He's buddies with Steven Anderson, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a nut job. I I know of him. Let me, let me correct that. I know of him and I agree. He's a nut job. Yeah. He's a, he's a complete, and, and look, we found something we agree on. Yeah. And as Steven Anderson should be talking about for, um, I'm no, I wouldn't say that. I get behind death death penalty for Steven Anderson. Uh, no, no, uh, exile. Uh, he should have to just sit on an Island somewhere and talk to his thumb. He's a, he's a horrible human being. And if, and if, if he, 
if if anyone considers him an you know an exemplar of, of Christianity, um, they are just bonkers. Well, let me let me go on record as stating I couldn't be any further away from Stephen Anderson um, than you and I are when it comes to theology. Um, he he is shunned um, by all uh, you know reformed people for sure, and most anybody in Christianity shuns him. He's a, he's a cultist. He's a yeah. cult. It's interesting. On, on like, what is it biblically? Like, what is it that uh, like what is it biblically that you use as justification for saying that he is incorrect? Stephen Anderson, where do you want me to start? Um, he denies lordship salvation, which would be the the biggest point. Um, he, in fact, Stephen Anderson would anathematize me because I'm a Calvinist. Um, yeah. Prayer. Yeah. He thinks you can say, you know, what's known as the sinner's prayer, which I would take beef with too. I don't, we don't practice a sinner's prayer at my church because there's nowhere in the scripture do, do we see a sinner's prayer. Um, he, he thinks you can say a sinner's prayer and then go, you're saying. Well, yeah, I mean, well, but he's, but he's, uh, he's sound, uh, he is sound biblically um, in, in that sense there. He, he, here's the thing. Stephen Anderson's a bright guy. He speaks like six or seven different languages. There's, yeah, there's well, no yeah but the one he's most yeah. fluid in is hate. <laughs> Uh, I don't disagree with you. All right, guys. Hey, let's let's pick this up. I, I would be happy to um, talk numbers five with you. We can go in more depth, but it's nine fifteen, and I'm about forty five minutes from my house, so I'm to see my kids before oh, it gets wow. too late. Yeah, no, that's uh, no, that'd be awesome. So yeah, we're, uh, we're in an hour and almost an hour and fifty minutes, close to a record for us. Um, yeah, well, I hung around the office so I could, uh, you know, like I said, I got a four year old, a two year old, and a one year old. If I would have tried to do this from the house, it would have been a disaster. That, that's my that's my idea of hell. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but but listen, so I think uh, for uh, for all of us, I would uh, like to uh, thank you for uh, for coming on. And I think that despite our disagreements, we managed to stay more cordial. Um, than than some of the other uh, than some of the other Christian guests that have been on. Like I'm, I'm not sure if you've you've seen the back and forth, but Ed has asked uh, both for me to go on his podcast and to come back on here, and I won't have anything to do with him now. He uh, we he is he is the only guest we ever had that I received negative feedback on. <laughs> he's the only guest. Well, we, he's the only guest we ever had, and I had and we had Kent Hovind on. Y'all had Hovind on. Yep. Really interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, Ed, Ed is a friend of mine, so I'm not going to speak ill of um, of Ed. He's he's oh, no, been I'll do uh, that very for you. helpful. It's fine. <laughs> um, no, but no. Th- again, yeah. Thank you so much for thank you so much for coming on, and and I think that it was uh, it was it was a good it was a, a heated but I think a good discussion, and I don't think we uh, I think I don't think any conversions happened either way, but I think that there's uh, at least a better perhaps understanding. And, uh, and, you know, dialogue in these instances is, is always, uh, is always good. So, uh, you know, we, we try to, uh, promote that for sure. Hey, uh, a little teaser on the way out that I meant to get to and I didn't. So yeah. maybe we can do this next time. You, you called my, uh, my home state of Alabama, the Taliban. So <laughs> that's one, that's one thing I'd like to address with you. That's Did I point. really? Yeah. Yeah. Did I really? You said I... they were, you, said you even doubled down on it. You said they were like the Taliban and then you said something around the lines of, well, that might be harsh, and then you kind of doubled down on. I was like, "Oh, he just crushed my own state." Was that because of the abortion bill, where they wanted like the heartbeat bill or something like that? Was it? Yeah, it had that? to do with the ninety-nine. You were comparing the ninety-nine years that they would give you versus somebody murdered three people, I think, and they only got like seventy-two years, which I think that's oh, a, a crock yeah. in itself. But. Yeah, I'll stick with Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, probably in terms of its views towards women. 
Yeah. Yeah. But, well, we'll save that for another time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that this was. Uh, yeah. I. I would. Uh, I, I know. I speak for Dean here. I think that. Uh, I think we could absolutely continue this another time and, you know, delve into. I'll. I'll even print out a different version of Numbers uh, Five. There you go. I'll send you some information on that too. That just. You know, I know you're having to take a stranger's word for it over the internet, but I. That, I researched. No, no, hit hit us with links. Links are good, you know. I yeah. I I don't uh, I don't uh, dispute facts. Facts are not disputable. Um, I agree. So okay, so uh, what, what we'll do is we'll 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 end it here, and then uh, after we push the stop button, we'll say a proper goodbye uh, off the air. But uh, I think that's enough trouble for us to get into for this week. It's a hell of an episode, an hour and fifty two minutes, my love. That's not my fault. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, we'll be back at you again uh, next week. Uh, oh, I didn't mention this before. Uh, did I say 103? Yes. Okay. So did, yeah, did I, I'm not yes, sure. 103. Like, I'm not here for 101 and 102. But was oh, that yeah. on the air? Uh, I can't remember. Um, next week, uh, Steve McRae is, uh, is coming back and we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about, uh, non-sec, uh, updates. And he and I actually got into a little bit on, on Twitter. I called someone out, uh, Mr. Bertuzzi out on a special pleading fallacy and Steve disagreed with me and I said, I don't care. I disagree with you. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, so, uh, he's going to come back and we're going to, we're going to chat about that and see what other trouble we can get into. But, uh, until next week, I have been Michael. I have been Shannon. I have been Dean. And we shall see you later. Thanks again, Clay. Yes, sir. Bye. Good luck with your kids. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. My best to your wife. This has been the CA. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please drop by the iTunes store and give us a review and subscribe to get the latest episodes as soon as they release. Just a reminder, the views expressed on this broadcast are solely those of the hosts and are for entertainment purposes only. Never take advice from two guys expressing an opinion on a podcast. That's just silly. See you back here soon. <laughs>